Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. Well, last week we covered week number three in the Greater Movement series, kind of studying in Acts and looking at how God moved as the early church started with a with an agenda behind that. The reason we're looking at that, the reason we're examining that topic is because we want to see similar things happen in our time with our church. And so last week, Tyler talked to us about a crazy story. This story is just absolutely wild in Acts 5. And Tyler's actually here on the podcast with me today to talk Yo, about it. what's up? So thanks for joining me, Tyler. I'm excited to have you back absolutely. for round number two for you on Pray Together. Yeah, no, it's good to be back. And I oh, mean, I've been I've been digging this, digging these prayer experiences like with this with this series. It's yeah, good. yeah, it's so good. It's, it's really so good. fun. But I, one thing that I've been noticing the last couple of weeks. So the the message you preached this last week, and then Darren's message the week before that. You guys are making links between Acts and the Old Testament that I had not seen before, dude. Me neither. Which is so cool. Me neither. So it's so. Um, it just brings the Bible to life for me when I see it all start to connect and become cohesive in that way. And I was bragging Darren up big time on the podcast last week saying that was one of the best messages I'd heard in a long time. Oh yeah. It's and, so good. And then you did the same thing like with this, with this link between the, that covenant community at the end when it says that, you know, they, they're breaking bread together and they're yeah. eating together and they had all things in common and Into they're doing all that four, sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just, I've always loved that verse but never tied it back to the Old Testament of the promises of Deuteronomy 15. Dude, so good. Yeah, I had no idea until I started actually researching for the message because that phrase, no, no, it said there's no poor person among them. Yes. And of course, sounds amazing. I mean, that in right. and it's of ideal. itself is so good. Yeah, Like so that's good. The, uh, the ideal of any community. And you hear that all the time. Like, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, you hear fine. that all the time. It's like, well, if we were actually living out what God really wanted us to do, yeah, then... It would look like X, Y, Z, and usually it has to do with nobody would be poor. We'd all be able to pull all this stuff together. We wouldn't be, you know, back, there wouldn't be so many churches and denominations and all these other things. Like you hear that all the time. Sure. And uh, I loved your explanation of, hey, Luke wasn't putting that in there just to say, look how amazing this thing was. He's actually saying God's fulfilling promises that were like, 2000 years old. Yeah. What was meant to be fulfilled in the people of Israel, like that, that nation was again being fulfilled through, I mean, we talk about that a lot with the gospels of like Jesus fulfilling all these things, but we, the church are his body, which means that we are fulfilling also much of what he talked about. And so recognizing that man, what, what Israel was meant to be, uh, the church is actually fulfilling. Like they, Mm. they are becoming that because I mean, Paul goes on and talks about that saying like, don't you know, (laughs) That you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he's using the second person plural, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> don't you know? Don't y'all know y'all are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And it's like we're seeing a picture of that at the end of Acts four of saying like, no, they actually were living that out in, in its totality. But then I love the story of Acts because as soon as we hear this like super idyllic community, yeah, wham, turn the page. It all falls apart again. And that's what gives yeah. me hope for even church in our, not not necessarily our church, New Hope specifically, but just church in general in our day is, yeah, it's flawed, but 
it was an axe as well. Yeah. So tell us kind of talk us through that story a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, it's a pivot in the story where it t- gives us ideal, you know, idyllic picture of people having, sharing all things in common and living in unity and community together. And then chapter five begins the story. It says, now there was this couple who also ha- sold a property. And mm-hmm. you're thinking like, oh, it's just like Barnabas, like a similar thing happening. Only with their full knowledge, they kept back some of the money. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a shift. Like, there's a bit of like low-key deception going on here. And then how it plays out. I mean, it's a straight up Old Testament feeling type of mess, like yeah. story where they do this and then suddenly Peter shows up and he's like, oh yeah, by the way, why'd you lie to the Holy Spirit? Bam, he drops dead. It's like the harsh judgment of God. I know. I would read that story as a kid, you know, and it's like, oh, am I supposed to sell everything or I'm going to die? Yeah. (laughs) Or if I tell a lie, one lie, I'm going to die. Right. Like that's, I mean, and it's easy for us to take stories like this and apply it as like a complete principle to everyone at all times, which of course, obviously people have lied and not been struck dead since then. But it was like, especially for the early formative years of the church, like the holiness and protection of the church was so important. And so Mm. that was an object lesson to the church of like holiness was a thing. If you're going to be called the temple of the living God and, and serve in that purpose, God is going to take you seriously. So mm. you better take yourselves seriously. So good. Yeah. Anyway. So good. So that leads to kind of the main point or one of the points that you made that I thought really helped bring some clarity is the story of Ananias and Sapphira really is not about money per se. It has nothing to do with money. I mean, money is just a gateway to the actual lesson. It's the symptom, not the problem. Yeah. Like the real problem is dishonesty and deceit. Mm. And I mean, and that's, that's a thing within the church. (laughs) And I, and I talked about it in my message of the church, your church face. Yeah. And I mean, I'm guilty and no, no, me too. It's like my wife and I are arguing and then we roll in and it's like, Hey, I, I can't walk around telling everybody, Oh yeah, I'm in this huge fight with my wife, blah, blah, blah. Like, especially as a pastor sometimes yeah, little inside exactly. baseball here. I don't always feel great when I'm on stage. And so sometimes we're like, okay, we're like we, we have to resolve this because I'm like, I don't want to be bitter against you while I'm <laughs> preaching. So like we like quickly make up, but I'm like, I know she's still mad at me and I'm still a little <laughs> mad at her. I'm like, so there's going to be a second conversation right. after church, but then I have to pretend uh, like I hate those Sundays. The joy, the, the joy of the Lord is in the house today with me <laughs> when it's not. And it's like, and I know other people who in their honest moments admit that yeah. of saying, man, they, they know like you, you got to pretend cause it looks like everyone has their life together. Right. And so there's just, and this, even just the way our, our church gathering is built where it's yeah. brief conversations. I mean, it takes hours sometimes to unpack something oh, yeah. like that with a person. Yeah, like exactly. Like you and I are friends. We care about each other. And we've had times where we have long conversations w- that are started with the question, how you doing? And and we don't give the fake, I'm fine. But no. A- but actually give the real answer. And when somebody says, I'm not doing well, that means there's a long conversation that's coming in. Sometimes Sunday morning just isn't built for that and so we yeah. don't have time for that and so we say we're fine yeah. and that's just the honest truth of what happens but ananias and sapphira kind of took it a step further where they were purposely doing something to trick the entire church into thinking they were somebody who they were not this is yeah this is much more than the whole how you doing conversation this is look at all this money i'm giving 
I'm being yeah. just like Barnabas. I want the benefits of generosity. I want everybody to think I sold everything for you guys. the cost of generosity. Yeah. I don't want it to cost me anything, but I want people to view me like I'm generous. And so I'm going to keep some of it back for myself. Like I, and I, and I always give this theory when I talk, have told this story before that I genuinely believe if they had said to Peter, Hey, here's some of the money of this land we sold. Peter yeah. would have been like, great. Thank you. Like yeah. God bless you for your generosity. Yeah. That it, it was the deceit of it. It was putting up the pretense of I'm pretending to be more generous than I actually am. Well, and I was, I was thinking about this too, as I was thinking about your message and then thinking about Darren's message before and kind of comparing those two stories, this idea of sin and repentance mm. as a result of the outpouring of the Holy spirit really seems to be a theme through the book of acts. Yeah. So in Darren's message last week or a week and a half ago, we had the Holy spirit come Peter. Yeah. Same guy yeah. presents a message very convicting of sin and their response is what do we have to do and he mm. says repent and be baptized and we see a whole group of people choose repentance and they choose baptism and they it says 3,000 people were added to their number that day yeah same kind of deal with Ananias and Sapphira Peter says hey what's going on and they choose to continue to cling to their pretense instead yeah. of choosing repentance. And so I feel like that repentance versus hypocrisy idea is really, really clear. And we have yeah. two examples of it. We have the the example when they do well and they join the Christian church and, and they repent and they're baptized. And then we have Ananias and Sapphira who are presented with an opportunity to repent and they choose not to and they're struck dead. Yeah. And honestly, that still happens. Like we were joking five minutes ago about, oh, is God going to strike me dead? The answer is, well, yeah, actually he <laughs> is. Like all of us have opportunities to repent mm. and be baptized, but the wages of sin is death. Yeah. And one way or another. Right. One and way or another. Yeah. It's just so good to see that, that, that theme repeated because I feel like uh, even as we're kind of, and I don't mean to tread into some touchy waters here, but even as we are talking about a greater movement of Jesus, wanting to see the Holy Spirit come in our day, wanting to see an outpouring of God's work, a lot of times people start to associate those things with, you know, like the tongues, the healings, like the showier mm, side. And sure. I'm not denying the power of God to do those sure, things. Yeah. I'm not saying tongues aren't real. I'm not saying healings yeah. aren't real. I believe they are. Yeah. But Acts keeps pointing to sin and repentance as the main sign of the Holy Spirit coming. Mm, yeah. Which I, I'm, I'm just realizing this even as I'm kind of looking at the two messages from you guys here recently. And I'm going, oh, that's hard. Yeah. That's hard work. Yeah. I, which, and I've heard this said, and it's, it can kind of sound like a cliche thing, but I think it actually is true that that a changed heart, like a turning from sin, salvation is the greatest miracle. Amen. That it really is the great, I mean, man, all of those other things, signs and wonders and all that do point to the coming of the kingdom and confirm the message. Um, but salvation is the, is the most direct and truest sign of the kingdom that for 3000 people to change their minds about their sin and reverse their life. I love that language that Darren used in that they revert 3000 people reversing their lives in one morning so good. I can't think of a better sign that the kingdom has come than something like that. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. And Amen. so then pretending like 
you're reversing your life when you're actually not. <laughs> right. That is the great killer. I mean, that's what was one of the points. That's one of the great killers of community. Amen. Is whenever I lie about the work that God is doing in me yep. to appear a certain way to people, that's why so many people don't want anything to do with the church because they think it's all like that. Yes. They think it's fake. Yes. That you're just, all of you are just pretending. And I don't want anything to do with pretending. It's like, life's hard enough. I don't need to pre- pretend to be that I'm some, I already don't like who I am. I don't need to be, I don't need to pretend to be something I'm not. Yes. And so we need real life change. It's almost like sin. I mean, I mean, the Bible calls it this way. Sin is a preexisting condition of all of humanity. I have sin, you have sin. Yeah. And so then once we get to the point where we realize that there's sin, we have a choice to make. Do we continue on pretending as if there is no sin? Because that's the easy choice, honestly. If we could just continue on and go, oh, it's not that big a deal, yeah. then we can continue on. We don't have to change our lives. Like It's, it's hard what Christ calls us to. Yeah. And honestly, the more I study even in the book of Acts or study in the Gospels, I'm really, really kind of getting to where I'm tired of the church mantra of come get your free salvation. Mm. I'm really tired of that cheap grace yeah. message that cool. honestly I've preached way too often mm. uh, because I think it leads to this pretense. I think it leads to people thinking, oh, I can just slap a Jesus fish on my car and then continue my life the way it was and just maybe not cuss as much and I'm okay. Or they genuinely think their life is going to change that easily, that it doesn't actually require anything painful on my part. Right. That I'm just going to pray a prayer or get baptized and somehow my life's just going to be fine now yeah, and good and free of trouble. And then when things are hard again, then I'm like, man, my life is, and then I feel like I have to pretend because it seems like, man, everybody else has it together and I don't. And that pretense destroys community yeah, and makes us look like hypocrites. Yeah. And the, uh, but the other alternative is true repentance, Mm. which is a work of the Holy spirit. And that leads to genuine love for one another and community with each other. And it starts with honesty. Yes. Like, cause that's like, I you know talk about that in the, message you can't about, repent if you're not honest, like on it. And this is what exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said, like, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free mm-hmm. that it's not until I'm willing to name reality, like name my sin is what it actually is, which yeah. there is not, there's no better definition of reality than what God says. Something is dude. preach it, man. Like God's <laughs> definition of anything is reality. And once I agree with that, I'm finally being honest about myself and my mm-hmm. life and, and God and my relationship to him. And it's like, that is, that is laying a path that, that leads me to holiness Amen. to where I actually begin to look like Jesus. And it's like, if I'm not willing to be honest every step of the way about my failures and stumbles, uh, I'm never going to find freedom from those things. And so that's what I want us to do as we kind of go into the prayer experience part of this podcast now is I have a few prayers. I have a few scriptures kind of picked out and they're all kind of picked out around these ideas of ridding ourselves of pretense and hypocrisy. Uh, They're kind of built around again, repentance of sin. We did this last week with Darren, but I think it's such a key theme that we're hitting it again this week. Yeah. And then uh, prayer for real community. Mm. That's kind of where we're going with our prayers today. And we're following the same formula as we did the last couple of weeks. So Tyler, you'll read a scripture. I'll kind of give us a little starter prayer. Again, there's nothing magical about this prayer. Write your own or pray your own or sit in silence. Uh, We will have like a little background music for you guys to sit in, in some silence for a couple minutes. 
after we pray and you can mm-hmm. pray your own prayer or have your own time, but don't be limited by this podcast. Don't yeah. kind of go, okay, I've got through the podcast. We're done. If you need to hit the pause button, hit the pause button. Yeah, it's so good. Do whatever you need to do. Hopefully you've been fasting today. Um, as we, as we go through this, this time and, or maybe you'll do it tomorrow. Like, Hey, let's just join together as a community as we seek God, because all these things that we've been talking about over the last three weeks, the Holy spirit, the reversing of the curse, Mm. repentance of sin, true community, true repentance, ridding ourselves of hypocrisy. That is so beyond any human ability to create these things. It's gotta be God that does this. And so that's what we're doing is we're just calling on God to bring these things about in our time. So let's move into a time of prayer. I'll, uh, I'll hit you up for the first scripture there, Tyler. Okay. Psalm 20, uh, 26 verses four and six. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar. O Lord. Dear Father, show me where I've been pretending. Show me where I've been putting on a false face, a church face, and help me look at the truth and reality of myself. I realize that I need your help to see it. I've probably been pretending so long that I've fooled myself as well. So please, Lord, show me the truth about who I am. First John chapter 1, 8 through 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. God, I confess my sins before you. I want to be very honest with you and talk to you about everything that's wrong. Nothing's off the table. 
I know that you don't ask me to be perfect in my own strength. Instead, I want to talk about all these imperfections so that you can redeem them through Christ's power. Send me your Holy Spirit and do a work in my heart. John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. God, make this true for me and my church. I pray that we would live in true community with one another. I want to experience what it's really like to live out your love in this way. I understand that it will cost me. I want to see the power of God exhibited through love in his church, no matter what the price is.
Well, I hope that's been beneficial to you as you pray alongside us for God to move in a greater way in the next generation in our time. Thank you, Tyler, for joining me on this one. This one's been fun. Hey, absolutely. It's been my pleasure. You guys hang with us. We will do this again next week as Van Brooks joins us on the podcast to continue our discussion of a greater movement. In the meantime, guys, keep praying and we'll see you later.